Folks, welcome into the first ever edition of the Bombos Marados podcast powered by the state of Louisville. My name is Presley Meyer. I am one of the founders and the creative director for the state of Louisville, including the State of Louisville Podcast Network. And we are excited to bring you one of the first uh, and hopefully the most unique podcast covering Louisville City FC and racing Louisville FC. Um, we have been uh, pleasantly surprised um, uh, by the fan reaction uh, to the founding of Louisville City FC uh, just a few years ago and, and racing Louisville FC, which is the first legitimate, it's the only legitimate major professional sports team in the city of Louisville Um, and we are excited to bring you unique coverage covering both teams Uh, and we're excited to bring on two guys that are very knowledgeable about uh, Louisville City FC and racing Louisville uh, and that's Benton Newman and Zach Allen Kelly. Um, They are going to be starting things off with a bang just as you've seen if you're familiar with the podcast network you know at the starting 502 uh, we started things off with a bang with Mike Rutherford, a card chronicle from the pink seats, started things off with Gigi Robinson, and they've had it, people from Gunner Brewer to Pete Thomas to Louisville Sports Live Yang, the Ian Pfeiffer, and everybody in between. The third and central podcast covering Louisville baseball, the only Louisville baseball podcast. Uh, started things off with Dan McDonald, the head coach of Louisville baseball, and then, of course, the podcast that started it all, Life in Basketball, is hosted people from Larry O'Bannon to Judge Derwin Webb to Dan Issel. Uh, but tonight, the first ever Bombos Marados podcast will be joined by Jonathan Gomez, Louisville City star, stud 17-year-old coming up through the ranks. Um, I think you guys are going to enjoy this podcast. We're excited to have Ben and Zach on, two guys that really know their stuff. Uh, we're excited to expand this network. If you haven't yet, please go in, subscribe to the Bombos Marados podcast, give them a like, give them a review, let them know, um, show them some love. Uh, We're excited to have these guys on, and we hope that you guys enjoy this podcast and what is to come in the future. Live from Estopin All In. It's the Bamos Marados Podcast, powered by the state of Louisville. Well, welcome to the first episode of the Bamos Marados Podcast. My name is Benton, and I'm joined here with Zach. Zach, how are you doing? Hey, pretty good. How about you? I'm doing well. So this uh, Louisville City uh, FC and Racing Louisville FC podcast is brought to you by the state of Louisville.com. The state of Louisville provides news and insights on all things sports here in the 502. Be sure to check out stateofLouisville.com as well as my own site, VamosMarados.com, which focuses on your favorite USL championship club, Louisville City. A little bit of a shameless plug there. Um, really excited to have the opportunity to, to get to do a podcast uh, like this with you. Um, it was pretty cool, you know, working, um, getting an opportunity to work with the likes of uh, Presley and, uh, and Jacob. They had a lot of interest in getting into the soccer scene, so I'm, I'm glad that we have the opportunity to help support that. Yeah. So, well, as far as this podcast goes, we're going to try to be mindful of everybody's time. We don't want to drone on and on forever. We're going to talk about the matches that have happened, matches that are coming up, and every once in a while, sprinkle in some uh some interviews like today we're going to be joined by mr jonathan gomez gonna be a fun one yeah i'm very excited to talk with him 
um, and hear what he has to say. But before we get to that, how about we talk about the past matches? So, um, Zach, did you want to kind of kick us off on the thoughts um, for Racing Louisville's match this past weekend against the Chicago Red Stars? How are you yeah. feeling about that one? Yeah, uh, yeah, we can get started with Chicago. We'll just pretend like the North Carolina game midweek didn't I don't, happen. I don't even know what you're talking yeah, about. Yeah, there was, there was only one game this week to only talk about. Game. Yep. Um, yeah, so I think, uh, I guess there's a big caveat with this one, which was it was in a monsoon. And, and also, um, Chicago played with 10 players for a chunk of the match, but I do think like, uh, there were a lot of positives for racing in this one that I think they improved in a lot of areas that I, I think they had been struggling in previously. Um, it was, it's the first start for salmon. So that was nice to see. Um, and she has continued to play well and, and really impress, um, and then I guess, uh, do you want to you want to do big picture things, or should we do just like a rundown from start to end of the game first? We can start. We can start big picture, and then kind of okay. get to the yeah. to the so, nitty gritty. Some things I wanted to note was that, um, so this was this is the first game I recall this season that they've been even in possession with the mm-hmm. team. It's about fifty fifty. Um, I think the passing looked a lot better this game than it has previously um uh and they uh some of the like advanced stats that the they led in xg in this game which is the first time they've done that since the first game against kansas city um it was 1.64 to 1.08 against so i think both a pretty good offensive showing for them and a, a very good defensive showing for them yeah I felt like it was a very different racing Louisville team that we've we've seen before and I'm very happy about that you know we have our two of our new big signings uh Gemma Bonner in the lineup and Ebony Salmon and boy have we already gotten our money's worth out of uh out of Salmon her ability to score or whatnot but yeah like you said like we finally broke even on on the percent um possession front which I know that doesn't win the games but having that control and influence over the match certainly helps we were able to create nine chances which beat out chicago seven um they just i just felt like the team had a lot more you know like teeth to their attack and i'm sure yeah definitely that red card in the 50 some odd minute definitely helped things but um it was a a complete performance start to end leading up before that red card i think they were still uh ahead in xg so that that was icing I, i think the 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 two of the three goals scored afterward were were icing, but they were already up one zero when that happened. So I think definitely even before that, it still was a solid game. Yeah, based on the eye test alone, I, I felt I, I felt pretty comfortable that we were the better side, and that's not something we've always been able to say. And I, and I'm glad that the team's efforts are are finally starting to get rewarded. Yeah, they were they would do that, and and to do that on the road too, very special matchup. Um. I wanted to to note that the first goal they scored, um, I thought there was a really nice passing sequence that led up to that, um, which which I'm glad to see some growth because that 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 possession started out. Um, Simon had it about midfield, and there was a really nice sequence of silent Simon to Malay to Kaiser to Salmon to finish it off, and that was just a a beautiful sequence and finish um the really great team goal on that first one 
like something straight off the training ground, all that, that passing. And yeah, it was a, I mean, it was a good shot by Sam and it was, to be honest, it was kind of a slow shot. And I think kind of the weather helped impede the, the goalkeeper, yeah. but placed it was it well. Yeah, that's exactly what I was about to say. Well placed just right out of reach. I mean, gosh, she's like, what, 20 years old and the, the level of talent she has. We're lucky. We're very lucky to have her. Um, uh, something else I had here, I, I guess, to add on to Sam. And one thing that I have liked, especially with her starting, is that lets Kaiser play out wide, which I think is a little more natural for her. She doesn't have to be like the target person up top like she has been earlier this season. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think she had a good game out wide uh, this game. Yeah, absolutely. And I think uh, Yuki was able to be a lot more effective on the outside as well. I don't know, like the, the setup, but we're lined up in a four, two, three, one, like with the player, the personnel that we had on the field, like it seemed to work out really well. And in the past, I know a, a lot of people, and I think both of us included have kind of complained about the lack of a, of a midfield presence. Kind of, kind of felt like we actually had one this game a bit, and that was that was nice. <laughs> yeah, lineup wise, I still think, um, like moving forward, if we had another central midfielder play along with Freya, that would let um, McCaskill move move forward up into that kind of attacking midfield position that I think is a little more natural for her. Yeah. So I, I, I do, I don't think that problem is entirely solved, but it definitely oh. looked a lot better this game. Oh, I, 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 t- I totally agree with that. It looked better. Not, not a, not a solved thing. It's one of those things. You just got to work with the pieces that you have. I'm sure, yeah. you know, that's because, to me, because... that's the biggest missing piece that I think they've definitely in the past couple of weeks with, with the signings and with people getting healthy, the, the, Problems with the attack and problems with the back line, I feel like are have been addressed very well. Yeah. And I think they're the only the only real need left on the team is like a, a central midfielder. Yep. Yeah, I I I I agree with those thoughts. McCaskill would, would be better, better served playing up front, but you know, it's just yeah, we gotta we gotta fill those gaps. Um we also you mentioned had- her and, and we've already talked about the first goal, so I feel like I feel like it's very important. Um Uh, see, this is what I get for trying to queue up sound effects. <laughs> oh, it was that oh we got Yuki goal. There we, we got go. a Yuki goal this game. It finally been, happens. I'm so excited. Very patiently for uh, for that one. You know, she's such a skilled player and a player of a caliber. You're just waiting and waiting for that. But for it to happen against her former club. Yeah. Mm. Both of a story her right. and uh, McCaskill yeah. both scored against the former club. Yeah, that's very awesome. Yuki's, uh, I believe it was, uh, came up with a little bit of chaos in the box after a set piece, which I believe was right after that red card came out. And yeah. and Yuki, using her, her veteran experience, was able to quickly locate the ball and put it in the net. Knows where to be. And to see, yep. I mean, that's, I mean, that's what you get with a, a player of her caliber who's been playing the game as long as yeah, she I th- has. I think it's very good for the team on the field and off the field when she plays well and, and scores. Yeah, so I'm I'm very happy she finally got her first goal, and then Savannah McCaskill as well. Thrilled for her. Hers was great. It was a uh, you know as I believe it was an aerial cross, kind of landed very very nicely near the uh, near the far post, and she was able just to kind of plant that one right in there. I mean, yeah, they were they were looking good, kind of looking holistically at the team. Did anybody have a bad night? Um, I, I mean, I felt like everybody so did I, pretty well on 
according to Fat Mob, everyone had a good night. And then uh, someone we, I think someone I have not heard mentioned a lot this season that I wanted to spotlight, um, who I thought had a particularly good night. Uh, I think Erin Simon over mm-hmm. on the right side. Um, she, like I mentioned, she was involved in that buildup for the first goal. Um, I, th- I think she's been just a real solid presence back there. She had to um, contain Pugue for most of the night. I thought she did a very good job mm-hmm. of that while she was in. Um, and I kind of, I don't, I hate to like liken everyone to Louisville City players, but because that's, I've followed them so much. I, I want to slot people into Louisville City roles. It's natural. But it's like, it's hard not to draw um, Pat McMahon comparisons back there where she's, she'll get forward sometimes when she needs to and, and help with possession, but just like a solid in, in the right position, plays good defense uh, out there on the wing. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and that kind of goes along nicely with that analogy, what we were talking about um, the other day about Emily Fox being a lot like a, a Jonathan Gomez sort of player. So that, that analogy lines up nicely. I do want to um, spotlight. I thought Neely Martin did pretty well as, um, also in the match. I was uh, disappointed to not see uh, Brooke Hendricks yeah, I, and even, even in the 18. So I don't, you know, I don't know if that was a tactical decision or if she had some sort of uh, so injury. She was not. She was not in the 18 on Wednesday either, so I think she might have a knock. I yeah, I believe she had a, had an injury there, so I didn't know what was going on there. But either way, I mean, like, didn't pose any problem. And again, I think the uh, it, it really helped having that veteran experience of uh, Gemma Bonner as well. I mean, just really have somebody who's doing a lot of guiding and navigating, helping the the people around them. You, it's always I love having a player that elevates those around them as well, and that's exactly what she is. But I mean. We could go on and on talking about these players because again, like I, I don't, I don't think any of our players had a bad night. I thought no. they all did really well. It was just, I yeah, think we, Savannah we McCaskill- mentioned her, but I think Malay had the assist on the McCaskill goal. She had a solid night. Mm-hmm. Um, Let's see. Well, Font Mob didn't didn't credit her for it, but we will. Good job, Lauren. <laughs> I think she had the pass in. I'll, I'll double check. Yeah, but. Yeah. Um, well, what I was going to say is uh, Savannah McCaskill um, in the interviews at the match said something to the fact is that it was the first time really put together a full 90 minute performance. And I, I completely agree with that. Like this is, this is a very confidence building one. Again, it was a dominant performance. Several people who hadn't been on the score sheet before got um, scored. Um, at, you know, everybody played well. It was, and it was on the road too. Like, so and, Christy Holly has to be static. Chicago is... I'm just looking at like my my XG charts. Chicago is not a pushover team either. I mean, that's they are they are pretty much league average in uh, XG for and XG against. So to do that on the road uh, against like a decent team is, is really good. Yeah. So my my hope is that they can really kind of do something with this this momentum here. If anything, this is going to give them a lot of positive game film to to watch and, and look back at because I feel like they, more often than not they've had some negative game film to review. But again, it's just part of the process. They're a new squad. These connections are still developing with these players, and I, that's just something I hope most fans realize is that this is going to take time. Like expectations need to be assigned accordingly with this new team. It's just it's hard to start out. And I think, you know, all those factors considered they're, they're doing pretty decently. Yeah. And they still have four 
pretty, I mean, just building moving forward, they've still got player rights to four pretty major players that they have nothing to show for now. So you would imagine at some point, either you're going to have some of those players playing for, for Louisville, or you're going to be able to trade those. So I, I think there's still some more pieces yet to come on the team too. Yeah. Something, something will definitely come of those. I don't want to talk about two of these players. They annoy me. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Let's move on before I get in a rant on that one. I don't want to do that. So later that day, we were blessed with another uh, Lipa FC, Lipa FC. How do you pronounce that? Lipa? I go Lipa. Lipa. Okay. I like that. Yeah, that, that works for me. Louisville Indianapolis Proximity Association Contest, for those not familiar, as Louisville City versus Indy 11. We got and the shout out during the racing game. We did. Yeah. That was, was a lot of fun. That Mike that. Watts connection. He's very yeah. in tune. Mike, Watt, Mike is always, always build, building up Lipa FC. Yeah, he uh, I mean, I think a lot of Louisville fans like him and he likes us back. So we appreciate that little shout out, that little continuity of our teams. But uh, so this one wasn't a little, little, little frustrating. You want to take a first crack at at your thoughts on this one? Yeah, so I was going to mention that uh, I feel like for me personally, I think I think Indy's like a for real rival now. It's it's finally happened. I, I'm finally getting those old time Cincinnati like anxious, angry nerves in the buildup, and the the games just make me angry. Win our loss afterwards, and that's it's good to have that finally. We finally got a real rival. Yeah, it's I'm seeing some tweets from the indie fans that got me get me a little uh, a little worked up here and there. I'm like, okay, there's a little spice here. It's not so uh, as civil as maybe it once was or felt yeah. to me. There's a, just in the stadium, there are any fans that are closer to my section than I would appreciate. Um, so just, it's got a lot, it's got rivalry vibes. Uh, I guess to talk about the actual game, I, that's a frustrating one to, yeah. to sit through, I yeah. think, because I, that's, this is probably going to be a theme um, moving forward with this podcast, but like on paper, Louisville played really well and and that's the sort of performance I want to see from them but you know it was 3-3 it's a draw uh which is a little disappointing but sometimes sometimes the ball goes in the net a lot that's how soccer is yeah so my my take on this I agree it was frustrating it was a draw that kind of felt like a loss especially knowing that we didn't win the first matchup at home not so having two matches yeah live only matches I, at home and not winning either hurts that's well and, and unlike the first one that that first match i mean there were two penalties in there but i i think I in that up. first game indy legitimately like on paper you look you watch the game you look at the stats like they they played well in that and that that game they played that at least to a draw where and this one is a different kind of frustrating because not only have you already dropped that first game but then like this one Louisville played well enough that you would have expected them to win it so to to only come away with one point I think is really frustrating for me yeah I mean Um, I'm still dying the hill that that first match was a fluke I feel like we we win that game in normal circumstances I don't two penalties is is kind of unusual you're not gonna get 
two penalty and, kicks often. And I mean, look, look at that, that stat line. I think if you take everything in consideration, I wasn't as worried about that first one. It sucks. I, we move on. But I, I will say stats wise with the first one that they did not. Let me, uh, let me check my notes, but I think that first indie game. Yeah, that was not Louisville's normal offensive production. Uh, they did have like, I mean, that was when Rennie was still coaching. Mm-hmm. So I had made the joke last night on Twitter that um, I liked the version of Indy that didn't bother to try to send forward players forward to score a lot better. Um, like that, you know, that first game against Indy, their usual defense where they just keep 11 players in the box the whole game and want to play for a draw. Like it's understandable. This game was at least a lot more open. Um, I, so like that first Indy game, Louisville had 1.5 four xg which is pretty far below their average yeah yeah um whereas this one they had 2.4 like it, this this was a solid night for them like to take positives away from this that this is one of the better offensive nights they've had yeah yeah i don't disagree there and, and my gripes with this match are nothing on the offensive side you they scored three goals like I, you can't ask for a lot more what makes me mad is that we scored three goals and only walked away at the draw. It's and the, the timing of the goals that Indy get were just timing super matters frustrating because it felt like it felt like we never had a chance to enjoy the lead because it was always like right right afterwards Indy came back with a goal. It was yeah, it was it was rapid fire. So that time the timeline definitely hurt things. But it was you know I, I have no gripes with the offensive thing. It's the it's the defensive stuff. And I mean, statistically, if you look at how Louisville City's performing the season, um, particularly like defensively, like we're letting in very few goals cumulatively. We look like one of the better clubs, but yeah, it, just, it feels a lot worse than that, though. I just feel like we don't have the same consistency see, in the back. I feel like historically we have the same you know, cast of characters back there that are, you know, that are doing a really good job. But yeah, now see, I feel I, like there's a lot of movement there. I had the opposite take. I was going to say that, like the the offense, I feel like has been start and go. We've been having trouble getting that going this this year, but the the defense has been has been there consistently at least. So that's having a game like this, I'm not super concerned about because I felt like this season the defense is what has been has been living up <laughs> to the hype. Yeah, I mean, um, I guess it's a game by game thing. I totally yeah. agree. Like, the, like offensively, we've kind of very much had our ups and downs. This was a so this was on, an up night, but for the defense, just to kind of like, yeah. They've had three clean sheets so far this season. Yeah. Um, I mean, they're only averaging about a goal against, which is, that's solid. That's where you want to be. Um, and Indy scored three, but they, they didn't give up a lot of chances tonight. Um, Indy just really made the most of their chances. I, did, I wanted yeah. to shout out, I guess, um, that, I think it was Moon played the ball in on the second goal, and that was just an absolutely perfect <laughs> ball into the box. That was that, 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 went was that to, long shot to Hackshaw, right? Uh, yeah, that, that long cross to Hackshaw. I guess it was from center midfield, so I don't know if you call that a cross, but the, the long yeah. ball to Hackfield off of, I think it was a corner that got sent to midfield and he played it back in, but yeah. he put that, like, that's one where you just got to tip your cap and, <laughs> like, that that's- he played that ball in the absolute perfect spot. There was nothing... Louisville could have done on that's that one. A, that's actually how I felt about Indy's second goal. That was the, the one where the they had one. a lot of give and go back and forth, and they just thread it right through our defense. Like they made us look, 
they made us look kind of a little silly there, but it was really good by them. And I really hate to give them props, but like, honestly, like good, good job. Well, and then to take props away, I felt like the first and the third goals were the result of kind of some, some balls that took very fortunate bounces in Indy's direction. Uh, That first goal. um, I didn't like that. I'll have to review the tape, but from where I was sitting in the stadium, there was at the very start of that possession, there was a, a ball that got sort of hit up high in the midfield and Tosh had tracked it down and was in like a good position for it. And it took just a really weird hop off the first bounce in front of him and over his shoulder and to the indie player. And then they never really got into position after that in yeah. the lead up to the goal. Yeah, um, I guess that's fair. Cause what, what had me, what, what made me upset about that one is that they made that header look so easy. It just, we were, yeah, we were a, st- a step behind there. So yeah, that, that's, frustra- I feel like that, you know, that, that happens. And then um, that third goal, I thought the keel, actually stepped up and made a real good tackle. And it was one of those situations where he got the ball and the uh, indie player got the ball at the same time. And it popped up in the air and landed right in front of the indie player again. And, mm-hmm. you know, because Akil had stepped up to make that tackle, he was out of position after that. Yeah. Um, so that's so. stuff like that happens. Um, but I, I think I'm not, I'm not super concerned. I think, I think they played, solid they limited the chances indy had for the most part they they created a bunch of good chances for themselves it the, did yeah the offense I, was really rolling last night i think so i mean chances great forward I, I feel i don't feel too bad i would i would rather have three points than one though yeah i i agree yeah they created um we'll say created 15 chances like that's it's pretty good um you know 15 shots only five on target um it's kind of a reoccurring thing with 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 louisville City, i mean that's but- you know, um, that's a third. That's that's about yeah. Yeah, I mean, we've between had, we've a had, third and a half. We've, de- targets, we've definitely so had worse bad. there, but um, yeah. So I don't want to talk more about Indy's goals because they make me mad. Let's talk about the ones that make me happy. The Louisville <laughs> City goals. The first one that what that was like what six minutes in? Yeah, six minutes in. Yeah, um, it's I. It I made Obi, the joke. Obi shot it over. Um, did a kind of a real narrow cross and it basically bounced off of paulo to go in the net pretty much yep a back heel is yeah. a cheeky cheeky back heel goal from paulo i think yeah that's like that was one of those that was like you know like probably 66 percent uh brian ombi and 33 percent paulo de piccolo yeah great cross uh um yeah i i had mentioned um to my wife Lori because the I was helping with the, the TIFO before the game. And so, you know, the whistle blew and I had to walk back to our seats and I got there at like minute two. And I joked with Lori that it's very nice to follow a team where when I have to miss minute, like one through three of a game, I'm legitimately concerned. I could miss a goal. And <laughs> I, I almost barely finished saying that and they scored already. Yeah, it was, uh, it was great. Now, you know, Brian, you know, I thought overall Brian Ombi had a really nice match, but again, that first goal, I largely, you know, he doesn't get it on paper, but like that was largely him. But I don't want to take away from from Paulo and his ability to. Yeah, Paulo has to been that very good at just getting in dangerous spots this season. I was yeah. I was reviewing some like individual stats, and he's like 
top 15 in XG this year. Just had mm-hmm. a that's which is very new for him. He's playing a lot further forward, I feel like, than he has historically yeah. and doing well with it. Yeah, yeah, no, yeah. Uh, he's like kind of like what we were saying about Yuki before smart player. And when he scores, it's because he's in the, in the right positions. And, so. and you already brought it up, but I guess I wanted to highlight, I thought that the Neville Hackshaw, Brian Ombi matchup was really good. The whole game that, that was consistently fun to watch. Um, to the top two, players in their respective dis, um, yeah, positions. Two great Titans clashing. It's always, you always want to see that. Yeah. Um, I wow. did. So I guess. Ombi compliment, maybe uh, Ombi criticism in there. I, I, he's already been suspended for it once this season, but I just wanted to note that I, I guess it's like the good and the bad with Ombi. Like he, he hustles a lot, but he has a very bad habit of if he is on a run into the box and a player goes down in front of him, he very recklessly will go out of his way to run over top of them. Um, and, and it was a big, he already, he got suspended in the, um, what game was that? He got the one game suspicion post game for that. Um, and then he had another one tonight with the goalkeeper where from my view, I, I wanted to check the tape, but the, the goalkeeper pretty clearly beat him to the ball and he just trucked into him. Um, and, I know the a lot of the fans were mad that we didn't get a penalty out of it, but I I, I thought we were lucky to get the um, get the corner out of that because mm-hmm. I think that was another one that it's up to interpretation, but you probably could have called Ombi for reckless play on that, and it's just I want to see people play tough but still play smart. Yeah. I mean, I think they caught it right, and I don't want to go into a whole thing about the refs because. Um, yeah. I, I, I hate using the refs as an excuse, even if there are poor calls, they're going to miss stuff. But like, yeah. I don't think they're as bad as a lot of people are making them out to be. The thing is, is that we need to, Louisville city needs to play their game and they need to, they, they have the full ability to, to win the game with their, without the refs help. And so I don't, I don't like using that as a crutch. I don't think that one was a penalty. I mean, there's some other calls I wasn't thrilled with, but I don't, yeah. I don't think that they were the, you know, red team didn't, didn't, no, give the game to Indy. This by is not on the red team. Yeah, so um, we won't get into that one. But let's talk about next about our favorite seventeen-year-old prospect who's probably going to go to Europe. What do you think about that goal he had? Uh, that was that was like an old man goal. That was a smart play because I um, we are very lucky. Our seats are be- basically directly over his shoulder from when he takes that shot. Um, so we had pretty much the look he would have had in there. And it was such a heads up play to look up and spot that the, the keeper was, was playing the pass to Nile and, and just take the shot rather than, rather than pass it over the Nile. That was mm-hmm. like such a heads up play to catch the keeper watching Nile. Um, and just, I mean, that's, that is why that's why he's going to national team camps. That's why he's he's leaving for Europe at the moment he turns 18. Is he oh. just he has such yeah. a a wise like soccer mind for he's, as young as he is. Oh yeah, well well bond his years. I thought that it was an ambitious shot, but like you said, it was really smart and it worked. You know, sometimes you just the score yeah. goals, you gotta take shots. And I appreciate him as a defender 
yeah. can do that. He can, I mean, he can add to the offensive thing and then to top it all off the, uh, the fun celebration at the end, we haven't had a lot of fun celebrations this year. And I'm, I, I, I don't know who I need to talk to about that, but I want these guys to, we don't have speedy to score goals anymore. So yeah, that, he, that he really limits our fun celebration. I'm going to have to like Potential. get a team huddle or something together. These guys like guys, like, I mean, I want you to focus on playing the game first, but you do also need to have the celebrations in your back pocket. Can you so. learn some Fortnite dances? I guess we did have uh, <laughs> Greg's Greg's first goal when he we tried to knee slide through the sand pit. That oh, was but, that was fun and maybe not an intended way. Yeah, that, um, no, the highlight of his was just the pure just joy and emotion after scoring that one. That was yeah. that was great. But then uh, so Jogo does the uh, the Holland uh, meditation celebration, or as you you may suspect is. Uh, uh related to uh what game was that overwatch Overwatch. yeah i guess that shows how big of a nerd i am i i saw that i was like oh he's doing zenyatta from overwatch but apparently (laughs) that's a that's i'm more i'm more of a counter-strike guy so i'm not as familiar with that but um but yeah we'll we'll talk to him shortly we'll find out what the what the inspiration is there either way it was a fun picturesque moment i know people liked it i myself enjoyed it so i did want to point out i guess because it sort of played into that one i think the the Jogo Nile pairing on the left side of the field has been incredible so mm. far. They, they are so on the same page. They, the one, two balls between the two of them have been an, an amazing. Now, and Nile's a very savvy player too. Yeah. Like I, it, he brings a lot, you know, a lot of great experience. Like I just, I, I, I do. I agree with you. I love that. We'll pairing. get to it soon, but I want to ask, ask Jogo about what he thinks about being paired with Nile and that, left side and if he's learned anything from that yeah, I'd, I'd love to hear his thoughts on that one so um we do have one more little city goal to talk about late in the match thankfully salvaging something i think we were is approaching the 80th minute but it was before it was, that it point. felt like it was a long time coming they like yeah they were throwing the sink at him yeah but um it was another another great effort by brian ownby i think you know technically corbin kind of got that thing a lot like the first one um with, with yeah. Paulo. um you know, it's kinda, you put it in a dangerous spot and good stuff happens. Like yeah. you cross it that you cross it that dangerously. It can hit one of your players. It can hit one of their players. It can take a weird bounce. This You won't put the ball in dangerous positions for that reason. Yeah. Um, so, you know, I'm glad we, you know, I'm glad they're able to score that one late and finally get something. But again, there's still the, the frustration overall is scoring three goals and, and it only being a draw, especially with the, the context of it being, a rivalry match and kind of one that was supposed to be a little bit of redemption for that, for that first, first yeah, you really want to avenge that first game. Yeah. So. so, um, you know, after the match, um, Corbin bone said it's important for us to come back and get a point, but for them to get three goals, we got to do better than, um, than that defending. So it yeah. sounds like they already kind of knew exactly, exactly what was going on there. So, you know, I'm sure coach Danny Cruz isn't, uh, isn't as thrilled as he's hoping to be at the end. You know, one interesting thing now that I bring that up is that neither neither team has a permanent head coach in that matchup. Pretty yeah, pretty it's, cool matchup there. I saw term. some some Twitter back and forth on <laughs> like uh, indie fans trying to brag that they got a point without a head coach. I wanted to be like, you do do you realize that both teams also did not have a permanent head coach? Yeah, <laughs> we also got one and. Uh, and I mean, if we want to add rub salt in their wounds, at least we were able to keep our drama in house. Uh, Rennie in his one press conference basically quit on air after the the Pittsburgh match, essentially. Oh no! See, that's better. That's how it should be. I, I'd rather be an indie fan than and know what's going on. 
Okay, we're not gonna get, we're not gonna get into that one, but I, ah, I, I like you're the ability. Bobbing me up. <laughs> yeah, I am. I can't stay in this cage. <laughs> we don't need to get into that, but it was you know two interim head coaches there, um, and so I just thought it was, you know interesting little fun fact with that one. So I guess it's yeah, kind I, of you know, my to- eye test though is, uh, I think Indy probably looks a little better post Remy. Cause I, yeah. my gripe with them has always been, they were, they had a super, they always have had very talented teams that very talented. I feel like that, but played as if they were the worst team in games, they would like uh, keep everyone in the box and just try to like get goals off counters. And it's like, you, you guys are good. You can control the game. You should be doing that. So, yeah, yeah, I agree with that one. So, Looking forward, um, next match is uh, Louisville City matchup. It's a Friday match. It's a way where we get to go to Swope Park Rangers. Oh, I'm sorry. I mean, Sporting Kansas City, too. I hate that rename. I hate it. They had a very great, unique name. I don't want to have to play against two teams, and if I'm going to, they should at least have their own names. Yeah, I like Swope Park Rangers better. Um. Yeah, I mean, I, I have not dug super deep into Swope Park. Uh, they are not, not good, great this year. Yeah, not great, Bob. Yeah, uh, yeah they, uh, they've lost three of their last five. They are um, second to last in, the, in our central division, only, uh, only above Memphis. Yeah. Um, so. And there's really, there's really no bright spot for them. Like, as far as expected goals, they're below average on offense and way below average on defense and then mm. on actual goals they're they're exact they're the same they match up they're almost they've been yeah. almost spot on to their, their expected totals so yeah. not so, a whole I mean, yeah that's i would expect the offense to do well uh next week i, I agree and i don't want to totally write them up because i felt like last season i just kind of thought it'd be a walk in the park and they put up we won each of them all the matches against yeah. them but they i thought they put up pretty decent fights so i think it could be another one of those situations but i think yeah. Our expectations should be even on the road, going there and getting and walking yeah. with all three points. I mean, I'm hoping that they uh, that our players have a little bit of a chip on their shoulder for for that indie performance. My comparison for them is that their their defense has given up pretty similar amounts of shots and goals to uh, Tulsa, but their offense has been nowhere as good as Tulsa's. So yeah, uh, yeah. I. For offensively, I, I'm looking to see Louisville create a lot of chances. Yep. So um, the following day, um, racing Louisville plays at home. So Saturday the 3rd against Portland, which oh, is a little scary yeah. to me because they've won three of their last five. Nice. They're third in the standings right now, and they got a murderous row of players. They have um, Adriana French and goal. Becky Sauerbrunn and Crystal Dunn on the back line. And then the attack, they have Sophia Smith and Christina Sinclair, who is, I know she's definitely Canada's all-time leading goal scorer. I see what, like one of the like leading goal scorers in the world, like men's and women's. It's something ridiculous. She yeah, is very good. It's up there. Yeah. So that makes me, um, makes me a bit nervous um, uh, with that one. Yeah, that's, I am. That And not only are you getting Portland to, in my opinion, like standings aside, have been clearly the best team in the league so far this season, but they're also, they're not in first right now. So you're playing Portland with the chip on their shoulder as well. Hungry Portland. I feel like the results have not matched 
the quality. So they're, they're going to have something to prove. Yep. So yeah, I, I guess the storyline kind of going in that one is that can, can racing Louisville kind of keep up their momentum at home against a stronger opponent? I mean, it's going to get a test. This, this is like, yeah, things look ask. good against Chicago and this puts it to the real test. Yeah. Big ask there. So I'm kind of curious to see how that one transpires. So, um, I, I guess a bright spot for racing moving forward that we haven't touched on yet is that the Olympics are coming up pretty soon. And I think that's going to play into Louisville's benefit because that we don't have like Portland and North Carolina are going to be losing some really important pieces to those Olympic squads. And in Louisville, I, I don't think, I think we'll have, we'll have the full squad. Yeah. We'll have everybody. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I'll definitely be sure. I mean, that's not going to help us for this, uh, this match. No, so but I do think, I do think coming up, yeah, it will help. It's good to see racing start to, to really click and get some things put together mm-hmm. right now, because I, I think if they can use that plus the Olympic break or to, I think they could get some, some momentum going. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. For sure. But yeah, that's, this is going to be, this is going to be a test. <laughs> so all right. Well, we've talked about the matches that have happened. We've talked about some of the matches that are coming up. How about we talk with Mr. Jonathan Gomez? How's that sound to you? Sounds good. Jonathan, thank you for joining us on our first uh, podcast episode. How are you doing today? I'm good. I'm good. Thank you guys for having me on. Oh, I'm excited absolutely. to be a part of the first episode. Yeah. Well, we went to start off with a bang, so why not bring in uh, one, of, uh, one of the star players? Um, it's been awesome, but before we dive into questions, I do want to ask you about your your latest goal celebration. Now that uh, that Erling Holland meditation celebration was that uh, was that premeditated or is that kind of spur of the moment? No, yeah, I'd, I had thought of it before. I uh, I even told my sister because my sister was like, "Do you know a celebration you're gonna do if you score?" And I, I thought about it and I was like, "Yeah, I'm gonna do this one." Because in my against Tulsa, I didn't really have a celebration. I just did like a jumping fist pump. So um so yeah I, I wanted to have one ready I, I love the confidence that you were you were prepared to score another goal and ready to celebrate that what I need you to do though is I need you to get on the other guys and tell them to step up their game yeah we gotta step up the celebration game this season yeah I'm trying to get I'm trying to make gifs of all these fun celebrations and and they've been okay but nothing worthy worthy to clip up so so please harass some of the players for us I'll tell them I'll tell them <laughs> thank you for giving us a clip <laughs> yeah right it was fun uh, so, uh, I guess let's talk a little bit about how you got here to Louisville. So you, you had a lot of options for where to go when you were leaving Dallas. So what was it about Louisville city that attracted you here? Yeah, I think, um, you look at, I mean, in general, the club, the culture, but more specifically, um, I think the coaching staff, you know, hack, um, at the time had, or has, um, a lot of experience coaching kids my age, and he had coached multiple cycles at the U17 uh, national team level, um, as well as, you know, Danny has has recent playing experience, and he's um, he's getting into his uh, his coaching career, so I thought that that was a good fit for me, and I mean, uh, we talked to the club, um, all, all the owners, you know, Brad, everybody, um, and they were just extremely honest with us and extremely nice. And, you know, they, they're committed to this club. Obviously, look at 
where it's come from from day one to where it is now you know we just opened up the new tra training facility um they've made soccer in louisville big and i'm sure it's going to continue to grow so yeah those are just a few things that that steered me this way I was actually just about to ask you about that, the training complex. And I think the, the news came out today, shared off all the pictures of your guys' locker area, the weight room, uh, like the dining hall. Can you kind of tell us about your first impressions of that? Yeah, so I, I was able to see it about oh, maybe a week, a week and a half to two weeks ago, but it was still not finished. Like the carpet torn down. So the first time I actually saw it was um, on Sunday. I went in to get some balls. And I went in and I was really impressed, like with the lockers and everything and to be able to see the gym, you know, it's just, it's really such a great facility because you, you look at the fact that racing is going to be in there. We're going to be in there. All the front office people are going to be in one area. And it's just like the family culture that this club has. And, you know, you're going to see everybody, you know, like um, whoever, Brad, James can come down and watch a training session in the morning. Um, and yeah, I, I think it's really awesome. Yeah. Well, speaking of training, your your on-field growth has been uh, been tremendous, but particularly between last season and this season, like it's it's super noticeable. You've grown by leaps and bounds. So, what do you attribute to this uh, rapid growth? Yeah, I think obviously the 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 obvious answer is that I'm an older player now, so I guess yeah. with age comes ex experience. But last season was, I guess we would all call it a weird season, impacted by COVID. Yeah. Um, and I think um, getting used to the group and the club, uh, I needed to kind of get acclimated to, to it. And that, that break um, definitely helped me, helped me do it due to COVID. Um, as well as last year, I wasn't, I wasn't able to do a full preseason with the, with the team. So this year we started February 1st and we had a long preseason. I was able to do the full preseason. And I think ultimately I was able to to build good relationships with all with all the players and I mean that's that's really what it's about you know um, building chemistry with the team and who you're going to play with um, and I think that has led everybody but especially my confidence to be higher because of my performances in games as well as training. Awesome. Yeah. yeah I mean I think sometimes people don't fully appreciate the the chemistry aspect of things and and yeah. you know between your, your your just natural maturation and that uh, that time to link up with other individuals boy it's it's coming together. It's clicking. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And I think, I think also all the whole team is very supportive. You know, we all, we all push each other in training. Uh, some days, some days are pretty tough. Like today was, was a hard session and it was very hot out there. Yeah, I can't but, imagine playing in this weather. <laughs> yeah. But I mean, that's what makes this team what it is. And we, we get through it and push each other. Yeah, we uh we were talking about chemistry. I think this season something I've really enjoyed watching is um you and Niall out there on the wing this season. I feel like have have been a really really good combination. It's been fun to watch. What can you mention a little bit like what it's been like playing alongside like an experienced player like Niall uh, on the wing and have, growing that combination? Yeah, of course. So I think um, this year, like you said, I've been able to play with Niall more. Last year, I wasn't able to as much because, as you guys probably remember, Niall was out for most of the shortened season. Um, so I think it, it kind of goes back to the fact that I was able to build a strong relationship with him. And obviously, it's not just him. Um, you know, whoever I play with, Jimmy, Antoine, Ombi, whoever it is, you know, I think I have a strong relationship with. But since you guys are specifically asking about Niall, um, 
yeah, I think it's great. You know, not only he's a great guy, not only on the field, but in the locker room and all those guys, you know, they're always telling me um, what I can do better. Um, and yeah, I think it works. It works out well because we, with, with all those wingers, we, um, we counter our movements. So when one goes inside, I'll take the outside. Or if the winger wants the outside, then I'll come inside. So we're not in the same line and, and crowding each other's space. And I think that that makes it hard to deal with um, for the opponent. So I think that's that's what helps us break um, break teams down. Yeah, I think that movement's been really effective this season. Yeah, Zach, we probably should take some notes from, from their play for our old man league. <laughs> <laughs> um, so uh, shifting gears a little bit, um, you've had pretty exciting past, what, month or two a lot of reasons uh to to be pretty happy but one of which is that you got called up to train with the mexican national team uh i i can't imagine what that felt like you want to walk us through that because i don't think i'm getting my u.s call up anytime soon <laughs> so yeah so it was a saturday morning um between the birmingham game and the san diego game we had a weekend off like we had a, we had a week break so we had saturday off and danny called me i don't know it was like 10 a.m and he was like um, you want to grab coffee or like, let's talk, let's go grab some coffee. So he came, um, and we met up for coffee and we were just talking and whatnot. And then he was like, yeah, the Mexican national team, like called you up to train. I think he showed me a letter and I read through it and I, and I reread it because at first, like, I didn't believe it. And yeah, I, I think like my initial reaction wasn't really all that. I think maybe it took a second for it like to click and sink and, in yeah for for it to sink in um and yeah i was just really surprised but obviously excited as well for for that amazing opportunity and then uh, um yeah i i told my parents right after that's, that's yeah so and, cool. and not too long after that you got included on the the gold gold cup roster so can you tell us uh what are you expecting to come out of that experience yeah i mean i think it's it's great to get um to get recognized um, for either good good performances, um, but obviously there's a reason and uh, there's reason to that. So I have to continue to perform and and do well, you know, do my job on the field. So yeah, if I'm if I'm able to go, then it's going to be a great experience. But as of right now, I like to just stay focused here on Lou City. Obviously, we're we're doing well. We started off the season off well, but I think we can do even better. There's areas we can improve in. So, yeah. So cool. Um, so can you tell us a little bit about your future plans? If I'm not mistaken, you probably have a little interest in playing some, uh, some European f uh, football in your future. Yeah. So I'm sure, I'm sure if you ask like any kid, they, they always talk about like, Oh, I want to play at the highest level, whatever that may be. Mm -hmm. So I think that that's, if you ask me, I want to play at the highest level. So um, I think that um, whenever, whenever that is, if it's this off season or after this season, um, yeah, I, I, wanna, I wanna play at the highest level. And I think this has been a good, a, a good step for me um, to, gain, to gain minutes and, and experience with, like you said, um, a lot of experienced players who have, who have been in the league, been in MLS for, for a while now. So, yeah. 
Uh, now, if I'm not mistaken, you got a you got an older brother that's playing over in, in Porto. I'm sure. Have you? I mean, have you talked to him about your your game and your play and how it might stack up to some higher levels of competition, uh, whether it's domestic or abroad? Yeah, of course. Uh, we t I talk to him every day, and yeah, he says in general um, the lifestyle as well as the play style over there is very different. You know, it varies from country to country. He's playing in Portugal. Um, but I'm sure like England, if you like, if you just watch the Premier League, a little more physical, La Liga, each, each, uh, each league varies. Um, so yeah, he tell he tells me how it is in Portugal and, and what he likes and whatnot. Um, but yeah. That's one of the fun things about soccer is because you have so many different domestic leagues around the world. You really do get to see a lot of different styles of soccer and a lot of flavors in the different places. Yeah. So. Now we'll get to kind of some more of, the, more of the fun questions. So is there a player in particular that you emulate your game after or just kind of look up to in general? Yeah, uh, there's 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 a few. I would say Rafael Guerrero plays for Portugal and Borussia Dortmund, um, as well as Alfonso Davies. Although, like, I like, to, I like to model my game after his, but obviously no one has speed like he does. Um, Not a bad person to model. <laughs> Yeah, so I, I would say those two for the most part. Uh, I know um, in the past, um, I, I looked up a lot to Marcelo. Obviously, he, he's a little bit older now. He's still a world-class player, but I think his career might be coming to an end. Mm -hmm. And uh, are, there any, are there any athletes outside of soccer that you really look up to? I would say um, that I admire – Tom Brady, LeBron James, kind of like in that same category as Cristiano Ronaldo, just for the fact that they've had such long careers, you know, started so young. Each of them, or both of them have different stories. You know, Tom Brady getting drafted 199th, I think it is. Um, and then his career, as long as it's been, same with LeBron James. So I think I just admire um, that from, from both of their careers. Now, um, as far as clubs and leagues um, that you follow, well, I mean, when you when you're turning on TV and, and watching soccer, who are you turning into, or what league? So I'm a Chelsea fan. So, but other than that, so obviously my first option would be to tune into a Chelsea game. But I think regardless of that, I I would tune in to a Premier League game. Um, I also watch La Liga every now and then. Um, and to be quite honest, I don't I don't watch too much of of Syria, but I will watch uh, some Bundesliga. That's fair. Yeah. So I guess moving away from from soccer a little bit, what 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 does Jogo like to do off the pitch? Um. Yeah. So right now is actually a good time for that for that question because I'm not in school. <laughs> uh, there you go, summer. Yeah. Exactly. It's summer. I finished my junior year back probably now like almost two months ago, like a month and a half ago. So yeah, I, I like to take naps, <laughs> take a nap, like after training. Um, it's going to say between, between Louisville city and school, probably not much time to do anything other than sleep. Exactly. Um, but um, yeah, I also like to, uh, I have a PS4, so I'll play FIFA or, or whatever. Um, with my brother, with a couple friends that I play with, um, or yeah, I'll, I'll just—I'm not really into watching uh, TV that much, but I'll look on my computer and whatever. Like I—I'm I, watching like all the basketball 
playoff games right now. Um, so, so, yeah, that's what I spend my time doing. You got an NBA team you follow? So, just because I'm from Dallas, I'm, like, a Mavericks fan. Oh, me too. Um, big big Luka Doncic, Doncic guy. Um, unfortunately, they got knocked out. But, yeah, I, I still follow the NBA regardless. Yeah, it's a lot of fun to watch. Um, so, I mean, you've had kind of an, an interesting life, you know, Zach and I both, I mean, we both went to school. I think we were talking about like, what were we doing when we were 17? Wasn't professional soccer. Um, so is there anything that you feel like you've kind of missed out by, um, on by starting your soccer career so early in life? Yeah, it's not, it's not anything that I, that I really regret because I look at where I'm at now and like all the sacrifices that I made were definitely worth it and whatever is in my future as well. But I think, um, in general, being what you would call like a normal teenager, but to explain to explain that a little a little more, um, I moved away from like where my parents living with my parents at, when I was thirteen um, to go live with my brother, um, like close to in Frisco where the FC Dallas Academy is, and I think sacrificing a lot of that time with my parents is just um, it's invaluable. It's very valuable time that you don't get back. And in terms of like school, uh, sometimes, you know, you have a game on Saturday, you can't go out with your friends on Friday nights, you can't go to the football games um, and just uh, some things that normal high schoolers would do, but it's not anything that, that I regret not doing. Yeah, I didn't, I knew, I mean, I knew you were, you lived in Texas and you went to that academy there, but I guess it didn't realize to me that you actually moved away at that young of age. like. There are 18-year-olds in college who can't handle living away from home. I guess I've seen at UK and stuff. It's crazy. So, I mean, props to you. So, I guess uh, I guess we'll we'll wrap things up on like a, a lighter note. Um, what's a what's a fun fact that most people don't know about you? Um, this is about my nickname, Jogo. So, uh, I'm I'm guessing a lot of people think it's just from. J-O from Jonathan and G-O from Gomez, which is kind of like a secondary meaning, but it actually came from my dad. Um, we used to have like this 3v3 soccer team ever since I was like probably seven or eight. And he would call it, the, he would call it, the team name was Jogo Monito, which is to play beautiful or um, the beautiful game. So he came from that. And then he would actually call me, my brother and my sister that. He would all call us Jogo because also my my brother's name is Johan and my sister's name is Joanna. So it's all J-O-G-O. So it all went together and it just it stuck to stuck with me really. So and everybody started calling me it. And yeah, that's something that I'm guessing a lot of people don't know. That's fun. I did not know that. That makes that nickname that much cooler. Thank you for sharing that with us. That was a lot of fun. Of course. Cool. All right. Well, uh, Mr. Gomez, we won't keep you any longer. We do appreciate your time uh, for joining us. Uh, we wish you luck on the pitch, score a bunch more goals, have a lot of fun celebrations lined up. Make sure your peers do as well. Um, and yeah, we look forward to, to seeing you get back out there and, and hope you guys have a great season. Thank you. And um, I don't know who's going to watch this, but I just want to thank all the fans for, for all the support that you guys give us and uh, all all the work and, and support that doesn't go unnoticed by, by the players. That's awesome. All right. Well, thank you very much. Thank you. Have a good one.
You too. Well, that was a great conversation with Mr. Jonathan Gomez. Uh, that was a lot of fun hearing about the, uh, the Jogo nickname. But yeah, anyway, we got all more fun facts than I was expecting. I know, right? It was pretty great. So anyway, thank you guys for listening to the very first episode of the Vamos Marauders podcast. Um, I've been Benton Newman. You can follow me on the Twitter at PurpleSDF. And uh, I am Zach Allen Kelly. You can follow me on Twitter at Zach W. Allen. And make sure that you guys check out the state of Louisville.com. They're doing a lot of great stuff over there covering sports in general in Louisville. Also put in another shameless plug for my own website, vamosmarados.com, where I follow closely with, uh, with Louisville City. And that's about all we guys got, got for you guys today. Uh, hope you guys tune in to future episodes and catch you guys at the matches.